Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Janet. I'm Mel. And I'm Nikki. Taking the music world by storm is not an easy feat. Our guest today is a very special one. Not only is she the first musical artist we've ever had on the podcast, but she's a household name who has inspired so many young Asian women around the world. From moving cross-country to Nashville to study music, winning a concert at the age of 15 to open for Taylor Swift, hello, creating hit songs like Vintage, See You Never, I Like You, which are some of my personal faves, to now headlining concerts with over 25,000 attendees, we feel incredibly lucky to welcome Nikki to the podcast. Welcome, Nikki. So nice. Nice. That is the nicest intro <laughs> I've ever had. Um, I appreciate it. <laughs> We're so excited to have you here with us. Oh you are gosh. our first musical mm-hmm. artist and an international one at that. So we kind of want to just start there. Can you share with us, you know, you grew up in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. What was that like and how did you get into music? It was awesome, honestly. I grew up in a super musical community. Um, my mom was a singer at church and so like all of her immediate close friends were uh musicians yeah. basically and so we would have saturday get-togethers like before sunday because they'd come to our house to practice for worship the next day and it was really cute so yeah it was just always this very familiar concept mm. growing up like just a, music was just always around me i don't think i fully grasped that i wanted to pursue music until like high school i would say and then that's when i realized like i'm not good at math and i'm not good at science (laughs) and so i just want to i want to do music yeah my mom got me my first guitar when i was nine and the rest was history after that i also saw an e true hollywood story documentary um, like remember the E channel? Oh, like, yeah. I love those. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Those, those are dogs. really yeah. good. They're, they're good. So I saw the one on Taylor Swift, mm. and then after that, I was like, "Mother, can I please get a guitar for like Christmas?" And she's like, "Yeah." Um, and then I wrote my first song like literally the day that I got my guitar. Okay, hold on. Wow. What the heck? Did you learn to how to play the guitar the day of the day you got the guitar? So I had been strumming like my, you know, like mm. my uncle, not really my yeah. uncle. When I say, I don't know, do you guys do this? Like, do you call family, friends, yes. uncle, and yes. auntie? Yes. Yeah. That's like a to. thing in Indonesia. A sign of yeah. respect too. Just yeah, like yeah, yeah. Everyone's an auntie. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So my uncle had a guitar and he would just kind of teach me before I owned one. And then, so when I had one, I kind of like sort of knew like four chords, which was enough to write a song. 
It was a really bad song, but (laughs) at least everything rhymed, you know what I mean? So it sounds like your mom was a huge musical influence for you. Oh, for sure. What type of music did she expose you to? You know, I don't know if this is just like an Indonesia thing or like an Asia thing, but they just loved R&B. Like, especially in the 90s, I think that's when R&B and MTV was like really Mm -hmm. popping. Mm -hmm. So that my community was just they they loved like jazz and r&b and they were listening Mm. to like destiny's child and boys to men and it's just really random because we were like in this little tiny church community in indonesia and yet they were like listening to like uh just super groovy music i thought it was really funny were you you also exposed to indonesian music yeah for Mm. sure uh but i think like my mom just loved like the big pop like diva mm. ballad divas so like Whitney Houston mm. Mariah Carey Celine Dion and those were just songs that I heard like every day I feel like that's my current playlist I know <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> it's pretty timeless yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it seems like you're also a very like right now you're getting to know you're like a very bubbly person would you mm. say you've always been like a I guess outgoing bubbly child or are you more shy I good question I did you guys take like the MBTI in school Mm -hmm. was that a thing so I took that several times throughout like my adolescence and it kept changing but I feel Mm. like I used to be an extrovert and then I slowly Mm. became more introverted Mm. but I I feel like I can be extroverted when I need to be you know what I mean yeah Yeah. what are you now then I I think in general now I would say I'm an extrovert because I I love being around people Mm. more than I like being Actually, that's not true. <laughs> it depends. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Half, half, half. For half. sure, yeah. Well, you started your YouTube channel in 2014, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. And I you think... released some amazing original songs. Oh, thanks. Um, what inspired you to start your channel? And will we ever hear those original songs <laughs> that you posted? Did oh people ask God. that all the time? Dude, this is actually very serendipitous, and I'll get to why in a second. But, um, yeah, so I started my YouTube channel... I think it was even before 2014. I think it was like 2011 Mm -hmm. or 2010, something like that, when I first started posting. Mm. Um, But then I, you know, I don't know, I was 14 and embarrassed of literally life, just like (laughs) of everything. And I would private everything after I uploaded it. Um, So I think like my first established YouTube video that stayed there, I think, was around 2014. Mm. But I think I... I started it because I just wanted a creativity outlet, you mm. know? I went to a private Christian school and I don't I wouldn't say they super prioritized or emphasized the arts in any way in yeah. you know, in mm-hmm. most ways. Like so I just needed an outlet. And I yeah. started writing songs and they just started stacking up and I was like, Well, you know, no one's listening to these, might as well just put it out somewhere. Um, yeah, that was mainly what it was. I just wanted to put my music out just yeah. for fun what were those songs about when you were 14 like where are you going for at 14 <laughs> i had a crush on like the yeah. same boy for like two and a half years and then oh. he ended up being my like high school long-term <gasps> boyfriend oh wow. yeah wow. so that was pretty fun so like honestly most of those like formative songs yeah, were yeah. like about him did he hear those songs I don't know. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. Because I think in many ways I was like kind of shy and like embarrassed about my YouTube channel. Like, mm. I, or not embarrassed, but just very like, I don't really want anyone to know. Me. You know, it's yeah. just very vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I don't think I ever was like explicitly like, hey, these are about you. Yeah. That's where I gush over you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then, will you ever hear those songs again? That was a very serendipitous question because. I literally just tweeted the other day being like, 
do you guys remember my YouTube channel, like, to my fans? And yeah. would you want to hear from that again? So... I don't want to say much. Oh, mm. I'm sure it was a resounding yes. Yeah, yeah. honestly, like, I yeah, I am definitely thinking about it, like really heavily considering re-recording these, especially in light of like the Taylor's version, yeah, album, Nikki's version. Hello, <laughs> yes. yes. It's just very. It's been super inspiring. So, Nikki, you grew up in Indonesia, but you actually moved to Nashville for school, mm-hmm. right? Can you tell us about, like, why did you choose Nashville and Nashville, being an Asian woman in Nashville, what was that like in that music community? For sure. Great questions. First of all. Um, <laughs> well, line this. No, yeah. line this. <laughs> I'm also like, wow, she chewed the boba really quick. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Joking about the Joey. Yeah. Pro um, Asian, yes. Yeah, I'm just, like, swallowing them. <laughs> I, yeah, I moved to Nashville. It was actually, I was never, like, I'm going to go move to Nashville. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I I applied to a bunch of colleges. The, mm-hmm. Like, the truth is I applied to a bunch of colleges, and Nashville was the school gave me the best deal mm-hmm. financially. And I was like, okay. Um, I got a scholarship, and it was contingent on me being a music major. And I was like, okay, it's not like L.A. or New York or whatever. H- but had you been to L.A. or New York or any other places? Y- yes, as a kid. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, mm-hmm. like, I, you know, I just had – have had a very like spotty memory of what that was like so yeah I didn't really have anything to base like to compare it to so mm-hmm. I was just kind of like well you know they really do call Nashville Music City like that's mm-hmm. actually one of the nicknames so I was like you know what's the worst that could happen mm-hmm. um yeah and then I moved there and actually prior to going to college in 2017 the summer before I was a senior in high school I went to their summer program. Mm -hmm. So I was able to kind of like see the school Mm -hmm. and get the vibe. And what was it like being an Asian person in Nashville? Not great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was Um, gonna say, like of all cities to choose from, I guess if that was the school mm -hmm. that gave you the best offer, makes sense to go there. But Nashville's not the first place to think of when I think of like a diversified place Mm -hmm. for a kid who grew up in Indonesia. Absolutely. And you know what's funny is like, I think growing up as the majority, because like Mm -hmm. everyone looked like me, Mm -hmm. it never even crossed my mind that like, I knew, like, on a surface level that I would be around a lot of white people. Yeah. And, like, a lot of American people, mm-hmm. right? But I never, it never really, like, registered, like, oh, will you have anything that'll remind you of home? Or, like, mm. will there be a community for you that, yeah. like, accepts you the way you are and your culture? And like, those were just thoughts that didn't cross my mind as, like, an 18-year-old applying for college. I was just like, college, you know? <laughs> um, and then going there, it was just culture shock yeah. to the extremes. And, you know, you grow up, like, you consume U.S. media mm-hmm. and music and films, and you're like, I know everything there is to know about yeah. America and living there, and then you don't until you actually live there, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think it started with, like, I'd go to the cafeteria, and, like, peruse my options, and, like, there's nothing that I want, mm. like, or, like, crave, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, there's, there's not even, yeah. yeah, there's, like, not even rice mm. or anything. Yeah. And I was like, man. And, yeah, after that, I just started to, one by one, kind of, like, find Asian people. Mm. And I started to build a very small tight-knit community but I wasn't in Nashville for very long Mm. um I was able to move out here to pursue my music very soon after did you drop out I did drop out that was a whole that's a whole nother conversation um like with my family my dad specifically but I yeah I was able to drop out I actually withdrew 
how many. Oh, how many Let's <laughs> yeah, that's what's said on my transcript. Okay. <laughs> it said W. Uh, no, but I, yeah, I dropped out and. How many I years in? Liter- two semesters. So one oh. year. Yeah. I, it, I didn't even, I was never a sophomore in college. Like mm. I was just, yeah. just freshman year. And then I had to basically uproot my whole life in Nashville, move back to Indonesia wow. for like half a year. Mm. And I moved back in with my dad. Wait, was and there an opportunity in Indonesia? No, I had to back? get out because I had to switch visas. Oh, oh wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I couldn't be, I was That's on a student, a student visa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, honestly, just being an international person in America is like, it's so hard. it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And then I moved and then I was able to get my artist visa very, very thankfully. Um, and then I moved back. That's amazing. And you moved back to LA I moved then. back to LA. Wow. And the story is like, I truly, it got to a point where I realized like, I don't want to be in Nashville. Mm. I don't want to be in college. Mm. I want to do music full-time and I was missing class and just being very not a college student Mm -hmm. and it got to a point where I was like literally between Nashville and LA every week to the point where the dean of admissions was like come to my office like (laughs) we need to have a conversation yeah and yeah thankfully they were actually really nice about it and they were just like look if you don't want to be here it's all good just you know withdraw Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So what was the opportunity in LA then for you to move out there? So so July of 2017 was when I dropped See You Never. And that was when I was still living in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. That video was shot in Jakarta. Um, and that was the onset of my relationship with AA Rising. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we were already connected at that point. And then I put out I Like You in September, which was my first month in America. And I was still living in Nashville. And then eventually just kind of snowballed into yeah. like, do you want to sign with us? Okay. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, so this, yeah. So all of this sort of happened when 88 sort of connected with you. Yeah. And you yeah. wrote the song and they were like, let me help you distribute, publish. Exactly. I don't know what the right terms are. but yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're totally right. Yeah. And so I met Sean, who is the CEO slash my manager slash literally every hat ever he yeah. wears. Um, he, w- he was the one that kind of started that conversation and was like, do you just want to do this? Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Do you want to move to LA and pursue your dreams? I was like, yeah. And so I was very immediately I was like yes this Mm -hmm. is what I want to do but obviously I had to tell my dad and Mm. just break the news and that was like a five-hour phone call I think wow um on the we had a giant auditorium in my college and I was leaving uh ensemble which is like a music major prerequisite prerequisite, but like a requirement I I just sat out there all my friends left and I just sat on the steps and I called my dad for five hours. I was like, I want to drop out. And he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, yeah, it was a tough conversation. It didn't even end then. He was kind of like, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. You should come home for Christmas because I want to, like, talk to you mm. in person about this. I want to see your face. I want to yeah, tell you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Read my expressions. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, it, and then I went home that Christmas and we had a conversation. And he was like, I don't get it, but if you want to do it, then mm. go do it and prove me wrong. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And then now he's like my biggest fan. Oh, and it's so, no. so sweet. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Dang. I had a question about 88. So how did you actually like hear about 88 or meet them initially? I was in Jakarta and one of my... Uh, good friends, Rich Brian, Brian. Um, so you guys were friends in Indonesia. So we as well? were fr- we met in Jakarta. Okay. Mm. Yeah, and we 
would exchange demos. Like, we became music friends. Mm. So I'd be like, hey, listen to this. This is what I made this week. And he'd be like, yo, listen to this. This is what I made this week. And then one time, one of my demos, he just really, really liked more than anything else that I've shown him. And he was like, can I help you produce this? And that ended up being See You Never. Mm. So then he showed that to Sean and was like, it was truly more in the lens of like, hey, look, I produced my friend's song. Mm. You know what I mean? But Sean's like, but who's your friend? And then Sean was like, yo, link me up with this girl. And then we got on a Skype call, like the three of us. And we just talked about music. And he was like, what do you want to do? I was like, music. He was like, okay, we'll put out your song. You wow. know, and that was a really big deal because 88 had just started. Yeah. I remember we had another friend, uh, my, one of my producer friends, just jokingly being like, huh, what if... You know, what if Brian shows them this song and, like, it gets on 88 Rising, like, the YouTube channel, huh? Like, as if that would ever happen. I'm like, yeah. And then uh, it happened. And that was, like, a really, really big deal. Oh, wow. How big was 88 Rising then? Mm-hmm. It was still pretty niche and pretty small. Yeah. But in Indonesia, I don't know, I feel like Asian shit, like, catches on really fast in Asia. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, duh. Mm-hmm. But in Indonesia, like, people just pick things. Like, something will trend on the internet. And for, like, five minutes, it'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is so interesting because I know even mm-hmm. with, like, Wang Fu, like, some of their biggest fans or whenever yeah. you look at demographic and who's, like, yeah, watching, yeah, yeah. a lot of it was in Indonesia. Mm. Same with our podcast. I think we have a pretty high, yeah. right, mm. Singapore, Indonesia. They're yeah. just yeah. very active on, like, social awesome. media. Yeah. And just, like, on the internet, they always have been. And so... Yeah, they just they just know. They knew about Brian. A lot of my friends in school knew about Brian before I even knew about Brian. Mm. They were like, "Have you seen this 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 kid rapping? He's in his he's Indonesian." I was like, "What?" So much talent over there. <laughs> so I want to ask you about your songwriting process mm. because there are levels here. Even oh, the lyrics for "See You Never," I'm like, this is such an empowering song for anyone who's <laughs> going through a breakup. How would you describe your songwriting process? Is this based on real life experiences? Mm. What do you channel to write your lyrics? Yeah. So when so see you never specifically was literally about my the same boy. Oh, the, the high, high school, school boy. The high school boy. Oh, he's um, inspired so much. Yeah. yeah, I know. He has inspired a lot. Uh, he basically, like, started my career. Just kidding. I started my <laughs> career. Started uh, no, but he uh, – that was about him. And essentially every – like, my songwriting process then was very much like this is word for word a recitation of, like, what happened. You know mm. what I mean? I've just always been drawn to lyrics. Like, when I listen to music – I don't really look for the vibe. Before I even knew the mechanisms of how to create a song, I never really like listened for that. I would always listen for the, the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And so like, obviously we've already said her name like four times, but like Taylor Swift was like mm-hmm. a big inspo yeah, growing good. up. Stevie Nicks was just like also randomly somebody that my mom listened to. And yeah, I was just always a very lyrical person and writer. Um, and so anyways, all that to say, when I was younger, like, in my teens it was very this is what happened to me and now i'm going to tell the whole world Mm -hmm. now it's very now it's that still that now it's not as much Mm -hmm. of a diary now it's kind of like i don't know it's broader and i Mm. i I draw inspiration from like more things than just myself and my experience yeah yeah so more people can relate to your experiences too yeah yeah well the latest song that you just put out split i love it by the way you you say Kind of wish I knew what I meant when I'd say I miss home. Mm -hmm. And the lyrics, the voice in my head speaks a different language, Mm -hmm. being fluent in both languages. I wish I could sing it like you. I'm just saying it. (laughs) Spoken words. Yeah. 
spoken word, yeah. Spoken word, yes. Do these lyrics capture how you feel about living in the U.S. and being far from Indonesia as home? Yes, absolutely. Um, that song, that song is actually a good example of how this, like, the diary shit Mm -hmm. still happens for me as a writer but I wrote that in my first apartment with my now boyfriend Jacob Ray who is also he produces a lot of my music and he's just so fucking talented um Mm. and we were just trying to write for my album Moonchild Mm. and it was uh in my first apartment in LA in K-Town and I was literally right about to I was about to move to my next apartment and so the studio was empty Mm. at that point and I was going through it. I was just kind of like, I don't know, it made me really emo that I was not going to live here anymore. And this was like where I started in L.A. And also I'm like, but now where, where who am I and where is my real home? And mm-hmm. it was also around the holidays. And um, yeah, I was just really, really homesick. So I wrote that very quickly. It mm-hmm. just kind of came out of me. And I think it just really encapsulates the experience of being like I don't know whatever you want to call it third culture kid or like bi-continental or whatever I think a lot of even like I don't know are you guys all first gen Asian American Mm -hmm. yeah yeah children of immigrants Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. children of immigrants yeah Yeah, like I feel like it kind of covers that experience too sort of just kind of being like but what this is my home and I'm attached here but also it's not really a hundred percent like you're like our mom (laughs) <laughs> first, no, first generation no that's true yeah. I was thinking this <laughs> Sorry, no. I was like, you, you know what I mean <laughs> yes children <laughs> um, Helen's about to pop I my yeah. Yeah. Uh no you're right I, I, I had this thought I was like I am what a lot of my first gen second gen Asian American friends like parents yeah, went, went through, through. Mm. Right. Um, it's been hard you know mm. But I also, it. I don't know, I think like growing, as I just grow in my artistry and also in myself as a human being, I just feel like I'm kind of more open to embracing all of the shit yeah. and like the mess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It adds dimension and life to my journey and mm-hmm. my life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Being so fluent in both languages, mm-hmm. what language do you dream and think in? It's mostly English, I will say, mm-hmm. but I think... I think that's just because I live here now and everyone around me now speaks English. But I remember in high school, sometimes I would, like, a thought would cross my mind and be in Indo. Mm. Sometimes that still happens too. It's more so, like, muscle memory. When I I drop something, Mm. I, like, it's not cussing, but I'm like, oh, sh- I say, oh, shit, but like in Indo. What is it you in know Indo? What I mean? In Indo, it's like... Let's teach our ABG listeners it's not the even... one phrase in Indo. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a word. It's just an exclamation. It's like, eh, eh, eh. Oh. It's like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. In Chinese, it's kind of like, ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think like my Filipino friend told me in in their language, it's like, ay, ay. Yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Just things like that. And uh, in terms of what I dream in, I think I dream in English. Mm. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. 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 I also went to an English-speaking school. Mm. So I think um, that could also be why. Mm. That's a good question. That is a really <laughs> good question. I'm curious. Because yeah. I, I definitely know that, like, 
people have said that whatever language you dream in is your like it's the language you also think in and like are most fluent and comfortable in right Mm -hmm. but you said so growing up in indonesia you went to an english speaking teaching school Mm -hmm. but the people that you interact with were mostly speaking indo yeah so at school we would all speak english right and then we had indonesian like a uh, it's like how you guys take French or Spanish or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we had Indonesian as a class, but normally it it would actually be a mix. Mm. We would speak like Indonesian, you know what mm. I mean, like at, at lunch. Mm-hmm. But then when I went home, I would speak only in Indonesian. Mm. Do you feel like you're losing a little bit of the language by no. being here in the U.S.? Not at all. I don't think so because. I still talk to my dad and my family daily. Mm. And also I'm living with Abby right now. I have a lot of just in con- connections to Indonesia mm. um, around me, at least right now and so far. Yeah. Mm, Hopefully okay. that never changes. Abby, don't leave. Abby, don't yeah. leave. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. So Nikki, how long have you been a musician now? How many years has it been? Her whole life. My whole life. (laughs) (laughs) Came out of the womb like this. Yeah, Uh, came out singing. (laughs) (laughs) I professionally, I started in 2017. So I would say, like as like Nikki is almost five years old now. Mm. Like Nikki the artist. Yeah. Yeah. So five years. Do you feel like you have changed as an artist and? Can kind of describe maybe how you were when you started, where you are now, and what type of artist you are hoping to be in the near future. I think in the beginning, I was honestly, I mean, to this day, I'm still kind of figuring it out. I'm somebody that's just so easily inspired by a myriad of things. Just I'm so inspired by so many different kinds of music. And I think it's been really tough for me to even understand like how to box like mm. where do I fit in mm. the in this industry mm. and like mm. I feel like every single song I come out with sounds so different to like mm. what you know I put out in the past for a long time I was like wow my my discography is so confusing it's so confusing it's so weird like no one is doing this but now I think I, I'm trying to change the language and the vocabulary a bit I feel like it's versatile yeah mm. you know I know of artists that are like this that's their sound and that's great for them you know what i mean but i also really appreciate the artists that just push the boundaries and just do whatever they want you know i think somebody said in college once i went to like a 
seminar for like artists or whatever. And they said, uh, live in drafts, like live in your drafts. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a really uh, powerful kind of perspective changing mm. Mm, like, I like that a lot, yeah. phrase that I heard. And I after that, I think I just tried to completely embrace the process of just making whatever I want, whatever mm. that means. You I know? love that. Live in your drafts. Yeah. Oh, man, I have so many drafts that are yeah. not shared. <laughs> exactly. And I think the point is just like there's no, there are no bad drafts. You right. know what I mean? Everything is just a part of your process Mm -hmm. and a Mm -hmm. part of you growing yourself yeah the biggest thing is i think now i've learned how to say no to things Mm. i've just kind of come into my own and started to sort of understand like Mm -hmm. no i don't want to do that you know and like i think it just took a minute for me to get there i think everyone respects one another and if somebody says no nobody takes it like personally Mm -hmm. or anything now i think it's just i i feel I don't know. I just feel like well, I feel like I have a lot more conviction in like myself and my opinions. You know. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. five years is not a lot of time. No, so that says a lot to your character that within five years oh. you're like, you know what? Like I'm gaining confidence and mm-hmm. like I mm-hmm. whatever little voice inside that's saying this, like I know that it's right to listen to. Thanks. As an artist now in mm-hmm. your present day, what do you feel like your current kind of like theme or messages that you're giving to your listeners? honestly it's just total unadulterated honesty and just authenticity whatever that looks like for you Mm -hmm. especially now I'm just trying to um just tell things as they are you know and I think now more than ever people appreciate that and Mm -hmm. kind of want that Mm -hmm. um especially after like feeling so disconnected and disoriented for like two years even myself like I just feel like there's this energy where everyone's just craving some kind of connection and like authenticity yeah i think you know in the early like 2000s or even the 90s i feel like there wasn't social media so artists still had this like element of mystique to them Mm. and the only way you could really get to know an artist was you go to the record store and go buy their music Mm -hmm. and then you listen to what they write about but now with social media it's just like everything is just available and there's so much content so much information which is sick but also i don't know like we're so connected and disconnected at the same time you know with social media but also with the existence of social media i just feel like now people are more like okay we get this whole like artist shit Mm -hmm. right but like who are you really you know what i mean it's like what do you actually stand for what are you actually saying who are you Mm -hmm. and that's both awesome and really scary at the same time yeah. to me. Yeah. Do you feel like you have to play up the part that is Nikki the you know individual versus Nikki the artist since everyone's watching? Yeah. You know, I think like it's like a really fine line. Mm. It's a really like blurry line because when your professional life and your personal life, like I'm sure you relate to this to some yeah. extent, right? It's mm-hmm. just- <laughs> yeah. well, people know way too much about us. <laughs> I want to hear your answer. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I'm not going to post that I just laid in bed all day. You know what I mean? Or like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to post that I just had a meltdown about something that really made me sad. Mm -hmm. And no one would. I mean, some people do. And I really respect when people do that. But I think social media is just such a fragmented, it's like a fragment of people's lives that gets sold as 
this is our life Mm -hmm. and it just creates like this culture of or not culture yeah culture and tendency to like compare Mm -hmm. and but that's why sometimes I just I have a rule that I'm trying to establish within myself which honestly like obviously I don't always do this Mm -hmm. but I I've just been trying to be more present so like when say I have an eight hour day of just work stuff then I will, for eight hours, I will work. And then at the end, it's like 5 p.m., not going to be on my phone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. just going to be at home Unplugged. with my dog. I'm going to watch Ted Lasso mm-hmm. and hang out with my boyfriend and have dinner. And then if people are upset, like, you know, if I go to sleep and check my phone, there's like a billion messages, then I'll deal with that then. But it's just like for these hours, I'm just going to be on my phone. Wow. You know? Boundaries. Got to set those. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's hard though, you know? Because it's like, Mm -hmm. you're always like, how do my posts do? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do they like it? Do they hate it? Am I cringy? I mean, you've like deleted your your Instagram before too, right? Yeah. I feel like I could totally relate to what you're saying because like the whole like, when for the podcast, we do share our life and I'm just like, sometimes I ask myself like, is there any sense of like, can I hold any of my stories, my experiences like private to have for myself? Right. Because I want to, I don't want to feel like I'm, putting my whole life on blast right and then for social i what i do is i delete instagram off my phone after a certain time then i re-download it every day it's a little like weird but i'm like because when i see it, i'm gonna click on it right yeah. right you know i've definitely pulse. for sure done the delete the app right? thing before that's yeah. totally i mean it works for me everyone has their own ways yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah actually yeah, someone said to me once like i like how you keep your life not secretive but private and i was like oh that's a really good way to put it yeah it's like not a, not a secret people are still in yeah. yeah but i have my own moments that i don't need mm. to show all the time yeah I, okay. I just thought i was like oh cool it took me a moment to process that yeah i was saying it right too yeah. I was like, private but secret. no that makes <laughs> total sense yeah and i think i mean it just is completely down to who we, mm-hmm. you are and like what you want to share and not share yeah yeah everyone's entitled to Mm -hmm. set their own boundaries no i agree i wanted to ask you about your dad i think um and your family like you did mention like it was a really tough choice for you to tell your dad on the five-hour call like hey i'm sorry but i'm like i want to leave and to pursue music and then you also shared that he's like your biggest supporter now like Mm -hmm. what was a moment um that it kind of flipped for him like do you have a distinct memory yeah you know what it was um it's it was very very gradual it was you know first i'd send him like an instagram ad of like mm-hmm. nikki 7 p.m the warfield san francisco mm-hmm. you know like uh, the first show i did i sent that to him he'd be like cool you mm-hmm. know very cool and then it just built to like okay now sh- there's a billboard like in la i'm like <laughs> you know? um but i think like when it really clicked for him Honestly, it's it was pretty recently. It was Head in the Clouds 2. My mm-hmm. my dad and my stepmom and my brother was able they were able to fly out to LA because they just wanted to go to see me and yeah. to hang out. And uh I think that's when it really clicked in my cuz my dad was able to attend rehearsals mm-hmm. and he met like all of these faceless names that I'd always mention mm-hmm. and then he was able to put a face to a name and it's like oh, okay so this is what they do and he just mm-hmm. saw all of it in mm-hmm. action and I think then it clicked for him it was like okay this is a real job yeah. like yeah. this she is actually doing what she said she would do I mean even before that he was already on board yeah. but that was kind of he was like I get it and then like now you know he checks in with me every other day just being like how's work you know do you need anything like can i support you in any way and 
I think for me, the most like, I literally like cried about this because I was so touched. Once he, he like changed his WhatsApp profile picture to like one of my like uh, show promo posters. And he just like put it as his like profile picture. And that was like such a big deal for me because I was like, you're proud of me. You know? And I was like, yeah, it was was really sweet. Was that your, is that your proudest memory as an artist? (laughs) Well, no, for sure. It's like winning my dad over. Uh, So your dad's like catfishing with your profile. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah, he is, he's like, he lives in Jakarta, you know, with the rest of my family. And so, but he he's basically like my Indo business manager. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. He's okay. just kind of like yeah. Has he taken on that role? No, not officially. Yeah. I just say that you know. But he you know he he's a well connected person and mm-hmm. he he knows people back. Also, Indonesia it's just like it's impossible to not know everyone. Mm-hmm. Sort of like circles kind of just overlap. Mm-hmm. And so he'll just be like, hey, you know, my friend uh, wants to like have you play for like this thing like they're gonna open a restaurant like you wanna be at their grand opening or whatever you know like dad that's really cute you know I'm I'm down maybe we'll see yeah we were at Head in the Clouds too and actually when you mentioned that that was like the moment when your dad Uh accepted I was like that was such a beautiful moment then for him to be able to experience that I got like shivers when you said that just trying to imagine him seeing you and how much you influenced the Mm -hmm. crowd and everyone singing along to your song I'm just like so yeah it was i honestly couldn't have asked for like a better moment Mm. for that to shows i feel like are the quintessential it's like the culmination it's like the pinnacle of they're always the pinnacle of my year i feel like doing those Mm -hmm. big shows like head in the clouds it's always like yes i worked so hard this year and Mm -hmm. then this is now the payoff because i don't know i love shows the energy is yeah you you can only get that at like real life in-person shows yeah because mm-hmm. otherwise you're speaking to a mic and yeah. you're like hello we're singing. <laughs> you're singing into a mic we're speaking but yeah it's like where are you who For are sure. you on the other side of this mic so nick you were able to see at um, head in the clouds all of the crowd of of your listeners and your fans but we know that the people that you influence are vastly much more than that mm-hmm. do you ever feel pressure or like imposter syndrome representing for the asian community Absolutely. Mm. Like on a daily basis, it's a struggle, right? Mm. Because it's like no one sees me in my, you know, $2 flea market shirt in my house, you know, just looking unkempt and just (laughs) chilling. (laughs) Um, And sometimes I definitely have these like out of body moments where I'm just like, you know, I'll end a phone call with my manager after he tells me like a really big opportunity of, you know, a really big opportunity. I hang up and be like, me? You Mm. know what I mean? Like, me little old me absolutely i think especially with the nature of this job it's unlike any other you know like being in the creative industry it's just so you're busy for two months straight every single day and then you're not busy for two months after that Mm -hmm. you know and it's just not a nine to five it's not it's so unpredictable Mm -hmm. you have good seasons you have okay seasons you have bad seasons And at the end of the day, it's like you don't have an annual income of X, you know, completely. Mm -hmm. So there's just so many question marks every single day. And yeah, I think that absolutely just adds so much pressure and this feeling of like, do I even work hard? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. am I really doing a real job? You know what I mean? It's like, 
what the fuck do I do? All I do is just mm-hmm. write songs and put it out and like show up to a music video and like sing songs at, you know, like at these concerts. But like, is that a real job though? Mm. But I think, you know what it is? It's like somebody once, actually, I think my therapist told me this. She was like, we have been conditioned for so long as people to believe that work is one thing and what you actually enjoy is not your work. Like what you actually enjoy is another thing. So it's like, I feel like as a society, everyone goes to work nine to five and then you go home and then you do what you actually want to do. You know Mm -hmm, what I mean? Like mm -hmm. maybe you paint, maybe you, I don't know, sing, maybe you, whatever, Mm -hmm. you read. And then she said, but one, we have been able to move away from that now with like technology and just like this, this new era within society. And it's like, why do you have to dislike your work? You know what I mean? Why can't you do something that you like? Mm. And why can't that be called work? You know, and these were, these were, this was when I realized like all of these boxes, these mental boxes that I like put myself in were all created by me and just like what I have been conditioned to believe, right. like within my family and their jobs and what they believe mm-hmm. is a job and not a job and mm-hmm. like my immediate community, what they think is success, what isn't success. And I just kind of had to like, break away from that and it's still a daily struggle because sometimes I'm like fuck you know I don't have a college degree and it's Mm -hmm. like I could have had a nine-to-five or like you know Mm -hmm. and it's like do I even deserve to be here it's like people do people really see me like that I don't know I don't even really see me like that Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so yeah it's like (laughs) basically long story short it's like a daily battle I think Thank you for sharing. I think that is actually a very vulnerable thing to share, but Mm -hmm. also very relatable for anyone to hear. I think most people, no matter what you do, no matter what you've accomplished or what you haven't, from the day to day, you're going to have some days where you feel like, I got this and I I know who I am and I know I'm doing a good job. And then other days you're going to be like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. Absolutely. So no matter who you are, what you do, you're going to have those moments. Totally. I wonder if anyone, like everyone, I feel like in the creative industry probably thinks that way too. Even for us. Oh, yeah. We worked nine to five jobs for like years. Right. And then transitioned to this podcast and we're like, is this a real job? Right. What are our friends going to think about this? Mm -hmm. This doesn't feel like a real, it's too fun to be a real job. Exactly. And how do you define success to your point? Like how do you define if I'm doing a good job? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. As long as we can financially support ourselves Mm -hmm. and enjoy what we do, it's a job. (laughs) Yes, Yes. girl. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It it was, I was definitely conditioned to view success as one thing, as like in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of Asian people feel the same, right? Like just culturally, it's like, go be a doctor. Be a lawyer. (laughs) No, Mm -hmm. I don't want to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, then you're a disappointment. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Then I will be. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like so proud. I was like, oh, that's a really good thing to sit on. Is what you said about your therapist said. It's just like I think in some ways, like even doing what we do, like I feel like I always use the word guilt, but it's like I feel bad for being. I feel sometimes like bad, like I'm enjoying my job. Like is that? Yeah, exactly. It's like, weird. A like weird work guilt. should feel like, like work. Yeah. It should yeah. be hard. It yeah, should be, kind it of. Should be discipline. Exactly. Being disciplined should feel like hard. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying days aren't hard, but like it's like it's the way that I enjoy my job a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like. I mean, I think there's a lot of guilt also from like our parents mm. just knowing what they've had to go, to through, go through to give yeah. us this type of a life where we can have that privilege mm-hmm. of yeah. pursuing some a job like this. It's just like, ooh, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. Um, Nikki, you shared earlier that you really looked into like Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Who's someone in the API community that you look up to? The first time I saw Ali Wong special on Netflix. Love it. I think that I was, I was younger. I was like, I don't know if it was the first year I lived in LA or freshman year of college, something like that. Um, and I remember being like, whoa, this is like an Asian American woman, like killing it, being super like uncensored mm-hmm. and just like people love it. You know yeah. what I mean? And she just, she clearly loves what she's doing. And I think it just, that was the first time it clicked for me. It was like, I have never really seen like an Asian American or Asian person like I like I don't really see that much of us mm-hmm. like doing this mm-hmm. you know what I mean so I think that was just one of those moments where I was like okay, she's killing it she's like she's doing it like why should I not do it you know yeah. what I mean and yeah I think she's just so fucking hilarious she's and like so funny. her Instagram is just so funny um so that was just one of those light bulb moments where I'm like we like I'm going to do this too. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Is it more of the like unfiltered side of her that you find you want to, you know, push your own boundaries for? Yeah. I think like I just love, yeah, how she's so unapologetically herself. Yeah. Like I think it's really cool that she was also able to talk so much about Asian culture like mm. in her set in a very like effortless, mm-hmm. hilarious way. Mm-hmm. So I just really respected that about her. I thought her set was just really good. I think like another person that's more like, what's the word? Like legend, not, not Iconic? Iconic is Michelle Yeoh. And mm. I think, I don't know if her name is Yeoh or Yeoh, but I know she's Malaysian. So I'm pretty sure that it's Yeoh, like in Malaysia, because I have relatives in Malaysia, but I could be wrong. Um, She's sick. She's mm. just like, grace personified i think she's just so badass and i love how she you know kind of on her instagram she's always posting about her niece and her Mm -hmm. family like back home in malaysia and is unapologetic about that um have you met them before who ali or michelle i've never met them oh Um, really Hmm. yeah i would love to meet them i think they they're just super cool asian women um yeah i feel like i'm blanking on who else but I mean, yeah, there's just so many moments, like, since living here and moving here where I, it took being the only Asian person somewhere to understand how much I love being Asian. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I grew up in the, like, everyone was Asian. Right, right. Everyone was Indonesian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, what does that mean? And then I moved here. I became the minority. And it's like, there's also, I was like, oh, shit, there's like, my friend is Chinese. My friend is, you know. Uh, Japanese my friend is Korean whatever and it just took just living here to appreciate like on a cellular level yeah that I'm Asian yeah Mm -hmm. I think it takes a very specific person also for you to move to Nashville and not (laughs) want to just assimilate into American Mm. culture and reject your Asian Mm -hmm. heritage and and background Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people tend to do that even thinking about a lot of our parents like a lot of people just want to assimilate right not you know ruffle anyone's feathers and just like work hard but you were like I'm Asian. I'm going to yeah. find my people. I'm going to move to LA. I'm going to pursue music. Like, yeah. 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 Break, break out of the mold. You know what? I pay, I think, I would say like I paid, what's the word? I would credit traveling around, like the summer before I went to college, I like traveled around Southeast Asia mm. and that even just being away, like, cause I grew up, I was born and raised in Indonesia, right? Like, just being out of that environment and exploring new ones that are so adjacent to in, to mine, to mm-hmm. my own, was just really, really eye-opening and helpful. And I'm just like, Asia's fucking beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking sick-ass place. Like, yeah. sick-ass people. And 
uh yeah I, what i'm saying is like i just feel like traveling like if you if you're if you've never left like where you were born you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's like you've never mm-hmm. left the city you were born in like I don't know go drive somewhere you know yeah. if you can't like <laughs> if you can't go like, fuck out. Yeah. yeah like just just i feel like traveling just really just broadens your perspective yeah and i feel like you just become more um yeah it just it's like a very enriching experience mm-hmm. and you become more empathetic and you understand america or indonesia Ooh. Uh, is this fire uh, already oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I don't that's what splits about man yeah i would say america like <sighs> la because it's i just feel so creatively stimulated here there's so many others like me i don't feel like a weirdo because like we're all weirdos mm-hmm. and it's yeah it's just very a very like creatively stimulating place and i just feel like i can be unapologetically a musician and a writer and myself yeah. uh indo because that was literally my first home and yeah. my family's there and it's just so different i can't even che- that's the that's the whole thing right it's like the first year in LA, I would absolutely have said Indo. Mm. I'm like, I don't give a sh- you know, I'm just here to work. Right, yeah. But now I've, I, like, I bought a house, like, I have a dog, I have a whole life here, and I've just attached myself and put down roots here to where it's like, I don't, I don't know, they're both home in yeah. different ways, right? Yeah. So you've released a lot of songs in English. And speaking of split, you obviously you feel just as much, you know, uh, relatability to the U.S. as a home, also Indonesia. Do you plan to release any songs in Indonesian? You know, that I have gotten this question a lot. I think definitely am open to it. Um, perhaps not right now. But yeah, I, I definitely feel like, yeah, those are just waters that I haven't really, like, tread yet. You know what I mean? Mm. So... Yeah, I think so. One day, probably. When Is there a difference in like the musicality or just the language and oh, the words yeah. and? For sure, I think it's like I when I write, it's always in English, and yeah. I think like for writing purposes, English is just like my, I call it my heart language, mm. where I just I feel more like I can get it out. Expressive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exp- mm-hmm. Like it's it's I feel like I'm more expressive in English. Mm. Um, in Indonesian, I can be expressive. It's just like in a different way. And also, I don't know what do you, are you guys are any of you bilingual? Mostly, speak, yeah, twice and yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, like in Indonesian, it's there's levels of format formality, right? Mm. So it's like I'm very expressive in like the informal sense of the language. Mm. When I talk to friends, to mm. loved ones, I'm very like, yeah. you know what I mean? But Right when it's music, usually people, most Indonesian songwriters take on like a slightly formal approach. Mm. So it's more poetic, it's deeper, it's more romantic. And that side of the language, I it's it's a little harder for me. Mm. Um, maybe people want the version where it's just like maybe the, just like, yeah, yeah, like the yeah. informal shit. Informal stuff, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I can be a pioneer, pioneer for that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, definitely though, someday. What is a piece of advice that maybe you've heard from someone else or picked up along the way in your career that you always go back to? What is meant for you won't pass you by. Mm. I like that one a lot. I like that one. I like that one. That's, I would say, is my mantra. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of, there's an element of surrender to that. 
And it's just like, I, you know, whatever you believe in, the universe, God, whatever, I, I just, I believe surrendering sometimes is just, it's, it's just easier. Yeah. Like, it's, sometimes it's, it's, it's hard to do it, right? But then, like, once you do it, it's just like, it's, you know, so much yeah. weight is lifted right. off. And it's just, you just trust the process or trust mm-hmm. God or trust the universe, whatever you want to call it. And then I think there's, like, you, you just you are able to relax and believe like wherever you're supposed to be, you will get there somehow. Mm. Is it just me or is my holiday gifting list getting longer? From my brother, my IEs to my friends, how do you find something personal everyone will like? After some research, I think body care and self-care essentials are the perfect choice. This year, I'm getting my friends and family Osea, the amazing cult favorite skincare line that you heard us talk about before. I'll be with my family this holiday season, and I really want to upgrade my mom's body care essentials. Our house is especially cold, and we always have the heater running. I can see how it's affecting my mom's skin. This year, I want to gift her Osea's new body butter. It has the same intoxicating scent as Andaria Algae Body Oil, which is my absolute favorite, by the way. But their body butter's rich texture transforms dry skin without getting greasy and leaving it soft, smooth, and healthy looking. This holiday season, stock up and share your new favorite clean skincare and body care with your friends and family. We even have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order with promo code ABG at OCMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order, and orders over $50 get free shipping. Gifting is always easier if you start early. So head to OSEAMalu.com. Use code ABG. ABGs and ABBs, with all that's gone on this last year, I'm wondering if any of you out there had changes in your health insurance. Maybe a new job, switching off your parents' plan, uh, joined your spouse's plan, etc. And you might be looking for a new doctor. If you appreciate ratings and reviews when it comes to making decisions about your service providers, I'd recommend checking out ZocDoc, an app where you compare doctors by their ratings and read reviews from real patients. It's a free app that you can download and it's the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. Here's how it works. You type in which type of doctor you're looking for, whether that's a primary care physician, a dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialist. Add in your location, your insurance, and desired appointment date. ZocDoc then returns profiles of doctors that match your needs. Their doctor profiles are clutch and my favorite part of using ZocDoc. They're super detailed with a photo of the doctor, their bio, ratings which detail the average wait time, their bedside manner, and verified patient reviews. You can even book an appointment directly in the app. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com ABG and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's ZocDoc.com ABG. All right, so Nikki, for this segment, we want to do a fire round with you. So okay. we're going to be asking you some questions, and I'll start you off. What is your dream collab? Uh, uh, Keshi. Ooh, can you make that happen, like, tomorrow? I think so. <laughs> Ooh, okay. What do you miss most about Indonesia? Uh, uh, pisang goreng, which is, it's like banana, fried plantain, sweet plantain fritters. Ooh, delicious. Mm-hmm. Favorite song you wrote? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh it's not out, but the <gasps> ones that are out, I say La 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 Sia and Split. Nice. Mm. Favorite lyric that you've written? Oh, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Um, always part of me missing, but no one sees a difference because I split them all. You really like your last song. <laughs> <laughs> um, the proudest item that you've been able to grow in your garden? 
my last not okay oh it's, she is towering girl she's like i'm thriving i don't care i get all the nitrogen you bitches can <laughs> you can just i don't care what happens to you she's like green and great thriving yes. thriving your top three current shows that you're watching okay well i finished ted lasso i would say ted lasso oh my god so good uh uh modern family i, I love modern family modern family is great and recently my boyfriend got me into attack on titan but also <laughs> honestly i can't even lie i ended up liking it so <laughs> nice. your current song on repeat all too well the 10 minute version <laughs> by taylor swift <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> How many tattoos do you have, and which one is your favorite? I have six tattoos, three of which I regret. <laughs> and my favorite one, I think, is still this one, which is this one. Oh. It's my Chinese name. What is this? Is it Wong? But no. No, it's Yu. Yeah, oh. something like that, but it means Jade. Oh. oh. Can you show us one that you regret? Spot that she regrets. <laughs> okay, fine. Full disclosure, this is the one I regret because here's what happened. They told me, they they warned me though, so it's my fault. They were like, that is way too big because your skin is going to stretch over time and the tattoo's gonna get bigger and it's gonna be in a weird placement. And I was like, nah, just make it big. And so it started as like a little tiny thing, and then now it's just stretched into this mess. So <laughs> Listen to your tattoo artists if they if they warn you, just just heed their warning. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Awesome, awesome. Gonna, I think it's cute. I think it's yeah. You guys are just being like no, supportive no, 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 and sweet. I've been seeing I'm like, oh that's cool. If it wasn't cute, we'd be like, mm. <laughs> Is that from LA or California inspired? Yeah, it's like both. It's like it's like I live in LA, but I'm it's like my split tattoo because uh. it's we. I had a coconut tree growing up in mm. Indonesia in my backyard, mm. and so it's like it reminds me of home, but also mm. LA because they're both home. Mm. So it's like a cute meaning. But okay, just now I love that execution. tattoo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about the other one? Which one? This one is courage because um, my mom she passed away in 2019, mm. and her favorite Disney princess was Cinderella, and the tagline for Cinderella is like "Have courage, be kind," Aww. and so that's what I got and i also got this this was uh actually i should have said this was my favorite tattoo fuck i forgot <laughs> this existed but uh this is her middle name in my handwriting oh yeah. beautiful what's her middle name josephine josephine that's yeah. a beautiful name it's a great is that your name. baby name i don't know i'm trying to think of baby names <laughs> wait wait name. wait can, can you tell us uh, wait we can we can like stop recording if it's like <laughs> no it's okay i've been trying she doesn't tell us she doesn't want to tell you guys we i have a we, we don't know yet secret we but private not secretive but private yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. we have a list of like 15 on each side so it's oh, wait, you, you, you don't know we don't know the gender <gasps> name it Moonchild. Oh, oh my god, god. no <laughs> no wait so you're keeping it a surprise yeah 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 that's really cool yeah philip's hoping that he can identify the parts because <laughs> he's like what if they're too small like you can't tell like i'm sure you're gonna be able to tell but what do yeah. you care what? i don't yeah yeah i think we're just we'd be happy if it's a boy or a girl mm. if it's how healthy you, how are you designing the nursery there's so there's like a lot of colors that are gender neutral, mm. like tans, greens, yeah, 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 sages, yeah. browns. Love, oh, I love so, sage. Love it. Yeah, that's how I would do yeah. my nursery too. One yeah. yeah, yeah, that's so. sick. We'll see. Little baby woo. Yeah, in twenty twenty one. A little Sagittarius genderless baby right now. <laughs> 
All right, Nikki, what is next for you? I am going on tour. <gasps> wow. Uh, TV on the dates, but that's definitely like in the immediate future, which is very exciting. Yeah, just new music. Yeah. Just new music, and that's all I will say. I like to be, I'm very, I'm very. The secret private. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say. <laughs> I'm very secretive and private mm. about my music, so yeah. I, I, I like to be really tight-lipped about it. Where's the tour going to be? Is it um, Asia? Yeah, international? No, it's it's going to start in North America, okay. and then it'll expand and pick up from there. Okay, mm, that'd yeah. be fun. Is Nashville one of the spots? I don't know yet. We'll see. Mm. If not... Shit, I don't know. I, I I should just put it on there just for fun. Even yeah. if it's like it's like six people show up. Yeah. I don't know. And where can our listeners find you? You guys can find me on Spotify and Apple Music and honestly all the streaming platforms. I am N-I-K-I Nikki and on Instagram I am N-I-K-I Zephania. Why did I spell the easy part and then the hard <laughs> part that I like said? The hard part is Z-E-F-A-N-Y-A. Nikki Zafania on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nikki, for joining us on today's episode. It was so much fun. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for having me. So everyone here, please check out Nikki and make sure you catch her new song, Split, out now. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support, or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. If you resonated with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. And if you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube, where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called Dear ABG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is at asianbossgirl. We do have a couple shout-outs for this episode. To her parents from V, from Sydney, Australia. Mom and Dad, thank you for keeping my tummy happy and from being there with me through sunny and rainy days. I heart you. That is so freaking sweet. To Kelly from Katrina from Mississauga, Ontario. Thank you for inspiring me to pursue the creative and nurture parts of ourselves that gets pushed aside by work and school. Your friendship is invaluable. To Karen from Andrew from the Bay. I want to give a shout out to my partner, Karen, for being the ultimate Asian boss girl in my life. I love tuning to the podcast with you and appreciate being able to see you through the lens of all the different topics covered by Mel, Helen, and Janet. Love you. If you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree in our link in bio on our Instagram and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.